In just a moment, we will return with another exciting adventure featuring a guest star from the galaxy of super superheroes. Max Ray, brilliant sea operations commander. Please, Jason, when you're referring to me, please do not say the N-word. Um, I had a cute status update the other day. As I, uh, I thought it would really go viral. And I was like, uh, you know, on my quiet walk around the uptown, a gentleman came up to me and it was a horrifying incident. He called me the N-word and I stuck up for myself. I looked him straight in the eye and I said, hey, buddy, you can't just go around in 2020, calling people non-binary. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. See, I actually... Yes, that's all I wanted. I, you, you, the RF, you think I'm going to make fun of you, but I'm not. Uh, I actually laughed out loud when I saw your status update. The problem is, I don't know why I laughed out loud. In fact, I'm still not don't, entirely sure why that's so funny. Don't, don't. Don't question it, man. It's like I'm like not being... questioning it. I'm not questioning it. Well, like, listen, we we can sit yeah. with the magic that is that <laughs> joke. All I'm saying is that it, it's a very puzzling experience to laugh out loud at something and not know why you're laughing at it. Really? I think I find that puzzling because most of the time you know, right? Like someone tells a joke, you're like, "Do oh, you really, though, John?" No, I'm not being I'm not being difficult just for the sake of being difficult. But that's only part of it. <laughs> Come on, Jason. <laughs> Jason, you were on my side. Oh, fuck, fuck you, you fucking oh, turncoat. Already turned on me, you motherfucker. Good, well, it was a good joke. It's a good joke. Um, <laughs> um, no, but do you, I think that most of all of the the um, the excuses that people or the 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 kind of calculus the mental calculus that you do about why you laugh at something is always done after the fact it's like being attracted to a big pair of tits you know okay okay i i get i get your point but i mean surely there's a feeling of understanding after most jokes that you listen to even if if even if you can't articulate it there's a okay you know on some level or you feel on some level why you found that well, funny well, I think with that joke, I mean, if, I mean, just, uh, I think for me, a lot of times it, uh, figuring it out comes more from analyzing the, the structure more than the content. Like with that joke, I, I know why it's funny. It's because he leads by saying somebody called him the N word. So you're waiting for some reveal that's going to involve the N word. And then he ends it with non-binary, which you didn't expect. And, and then it has the added, aspect of being funny because the idea of that is kind of funny that whole non-binary thing <laughs> yeah it's a sort of like a pg woodhouseian sort of you know you're sort of a high high wit kind of mark twain sort of style of comedy i yeah. get what you're I saying it's no, in, I don't, it's in I don't, that i don't think it's that's... in that vein that you're trying to you know i get what he's trying to say i think the, I'm reading between the lines, like maybe. Is that you're, what you're doing? Is that what you're doing? You're reading between the lines? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sort of. I get it. I get it. Now maybe if you sort of 
you know, if you read a little bit more, maybe you, maybe if I need, to, should I need to, I don't need to educate you. That's my favorite word. I have a PhD. I don't need to educate you. Yeah. Do you ever hear, do you ever hear that not, when people say that? My, it's not my job it's to not educate my you. Job and, it, to... and it's and it's always when somebody is talking shit and somebody else calls them out for talking shit and they're essentially okay. saying, "Why don't you try to explain yourself because what you're saying makes no sense." I, and they're just, I, yes, I understand, I understand what you're saying and I, I agree with you. But here's let me counter with this. You tell me what you do in this situation. So let's say you're an expert. Let's, I'm sure you are. You're an expert on many things, Jason. But let's say you're an expert on something that's he's relatively. Not, but... Well, he is. You know, no. movies he's an expert on. So, he is, that's true. So, so let, let, let's say you're an expert on something. And, and someone comes at you with a really dumb argument, like a dumb position on your expertise. And you respond back to them, basically saying that's, that's not true. What you just said is it's stupid as fuck. And they come back and they, and, and they say, oh yeah, well, prove it. Now this is going to force you to have to go look at all of your books and articles and resources and give this person the time of day to respond to them. Like, isn't that a fair time to just say, I don't have time to fucking educate you. Jason, <laughs> before, you, before you answer that, I actually have a concrete example of this happening to Jason either in a class that we were in or maybe Jason telling me about this later on. It was about uh, the movie The Birds and he was in a sociology class. Um, and what oh. happened was that uh, I think the prof, who, we, who all three of us know, uh, you know, his MO is uh, walk into class, put on a movie, and then just sort of blankly stare at the at the at the <laughs> at the entire uh, <laughs> class to see what they what kind of horse shit they could come up with. <laughs> and you know, in amongst all of the interpretations about what uh, uh, Hitchcock was doing to Tippy Hedren, it the Jason raises up his hand and says that you know. It's, correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I remember of this story: is that Jason says something like, "Well, you know, uh, Hitchcock was a bit of a trickster. You know, he kind of knew the kinds of things, or he anticipated the kind of criticisms that people would have of this of his movies, of like semiotics and all of this other nonsense. Uh, and he knew that people were steeped in this kind of stuff, or like film critics were steeped in this kind of stuff. And a lot of his time, it was a little." You know, it was a little poke at all of those things. So all of those things that you're interpreting as misogyny is, you know, could very well be uh, deliberate on his part, right? That, that him being, you know, a bit of a joker. And some dumb bitch fucking raises up her hand and then yells, at, or I don't know whether she yelled at him, but she said, uh, well, you finish the story, Jason. I think yo, you got. I have to give you the punchline. Honestly, I don't think this was me. <laughs> didn't she say? Didn't she say something like you were privileged? Didn't you see? Didn't she say something like that about you? Um, I mean, I've. I, Did I, I just fucking misremember this I, with a completely I, I, different person? I, I remember. I remember people. I don't know if they were using that term privileged much at the time but i remember or something like that you're a white man or whatever about me but i, I don't know if this was because i don't remember watching the birds and that 
in uh, some in sort of Hitchcock class. movie. And yeah. Anyway, all right. I don't. I don't know if that was me. Well, that anyway, just trailed off. <laughs> yeah, that really. That 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 story was a real flop. Anyway, Jason, answer yeah. John's and, question. And I and I don't know why I even like I I was just like I was gonna sit here and let him tell the story, even though I know that it's it's definitely but, but it's wasn't it's, fl- it's flattering though, isn't it, Jason? Well, little bit, little bit that that he doesn't that he doesn't even remember. I remember all of your stories. I could I totally remember. I thought because um, that, that story reminded me of like when we were in class well, together. Re- you'd be the only guy because well, he'd look over, look at the entire class and he just hope for someone and then Jason <laughs> would just get uncomfortable and he'd be like, "All right, well, I gotta well, you know, Hitchcock is well, just well, if, well, I, if if I must speak." <laughs> 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 Damn! <laughs> he just turned you into Rip Torn. There's a story. Well, if I just have a little bit, a little bit. It's it's just a, it's just a lateral move from Rip Torn to Jason. Jason needs to smoke, smoke love, a few more cigarettes. And, yeah, man, I love I love Rip Torn. That's that's I I'll I'll take it. I'll take the uh, I'll, I'll take the comparison. Um, but uh, but I remember. I I think I know one of you was in this class talking about the birds because I do remember us discussing uh, Slavo Zizek's take on the oh, birds. Perverts, perverts guide to the birds. From that perverts guide to yeah, was a perverts guide to cinema or whatever. <laughs> but there's that section where he talks about the birds and his take on it is what is it that the that that the the, the matriarchy birds, is revolting. The, that the birds, yeah, are a manifestation of castration anxiety of the mother, yeah, and it's and then it's the mother, like he just really plays up. There's a mother son thing going on in there because he always yeah. looks for the. Well, it's and and it's interesting because I I've seen the movie somewhat recently, and I mean that stuff's there. Like there's definitely something there between the mother and the son. It is a little, but, but it's but it's deliberately there. That's the difference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's there, but. But and I think in a way that cheap like his way of interpreting that movie and the birds actually cheapens what I think is actually more disturbing or scary about the movie, which is that it's something you don't even understand. Like the birds attacking doesn't really have an explanation, you know. Like I think that's more disturbing than than some, yeah, like revolt to the matriarchy or whatever kind of bullshit he's he's going on about. But has there been, to John's question, has there been an instance where someone questions your knowledge of... Um, well, I think, I mean, but I think the example, I think what I'm talking about, the what you and I were referring to, the people who say that educate me, or it's not my job to educate you. A lot of times though, we're talking about incidents where somebody brings up legitimate criticism. Like somebody's bringing up legitimate criticism of somebody's point and that just turns into an escape hatch of it's not, and, and all the kind of woke people do this, right? Like this is their, this is one of their big deflections if people try to burrow down too in-depthly into the, I guess you would say the philosophy 
of of their position, they'll always escape with that. But for myself, yeah, I've, I'm sure I've had it where I feel like somebody is just being difficult. Like I remember one time I was, it was right after um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo came out, the Fincher one, and I was getting into a discussion on movie about it in the in the like in a thread somebody had started and i made the point that i thought i found it interesting that zodiac is a he does this kind of procedural investigation movie and you really see how difficult it is to do like to launch an investigation like this in the analog world and the you know in that the ways in which this is really a yeah like an analog kind of investigation right and and trying to coordinate with everybody just the process of trying to send evidence from one jurisdiction to another it's this huge nightmare but in girl with the dragon tattoo you see how he kind of uses that technology within the movie and you kind of see how quickly they're able to get you know how much easier it is to conduct an investigation i mean in the girl with the dragon tattoo it's literally just two people investigating this big conspiracy and they have this one kind of whiz hacker that's able to do it but I, it was just you know i was just comparing the two and this person comes in and they just start saying and they just start saying i don't think that's what zodiac's about at all what do you mean it's a it he it's about uh, investigation in the analog world. That's not what it's about. It's about obsession. And it's about, you know, going on like this. And I'm like, okay, I'm not saying that's what it's about. I'm just saying that within the movie, this is the way the movie unfolds. Like, it's a based on a true story film. The investigation has taken place in a pre-digital world. So that's all I'm saying. And Girl with the Dragon Tattoo takes place in the digital world. And and it just, yeah, it kind of goes back and forth like this with this person just being stupid and obtuse. And I think at a certain point, I just said, like, okay, I'm done with this. Just sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. But, you know, like, it, it's a thing that happens. But But even that person, I mean... I don't know. It's like, it's the internet. This is what we're doing. We're having a conversation. I mean, I engaged with them for a while, even though I thought, my God, this person is fucking stupid. But, you know, eventually you kind of hit a wall and you're like, okay, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. But I still tried to engage with them. But, but I, I do get your larger point that you can't engage with everybody on the internet. Like you can't be engaging with every person who has some dumbass comment to make about something you said. So, you know, th there's definitely truth there and, and I'm sure there are times, but you know, but I think in the minds of these people, that's probably what they think they're doing anyway. Like with the woke people, I'm sure that's how they perceive it. Like they just perceive it as this person is. So the fact that this person doesn't agree with me shows that they're stupid and they're not worth my time because they're stupid because they don't agree with me. I think that's sort of the mindset there. 
Yeah, I think ha- you're probably right. Has that ever happened to you, John, where you've been challenged on something about, say, philosophy? I can say that for sure that you have a good understanding of. And you are sort of forced to, or do you ever question yourself about what if, you know, if in fact they they challenge you on uh, Marx, say, you know. Yeah, you you like haven't, a... John, you fucking capitalist pig. Uh, you, you fucking re- melon-headed mind, capitalist. That, he- yes, one of the things I get challenged on most often is, is oh, actually really? Marx. And it's usually from other social scientists. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and yeah, and I'm what just like. What do they like, say? <laughs> well, say, for example, I, I mentioned the fact that, that Marx was an anti semite yeah. Okay. They will usually come back and they're like, well, no, I think if you read Marx in the context, I don't think you can really make that conclusion. I'm like, no, I can make that conclusion because we actually have documentation on this, that he's actually an anti-Semite. Well, and then, but you know, he can't, he can't be an anti-Semite because he's a Jew. And it's just like, well, that's not how it works. And then they start backing, they get their asses up and they're, is that a thing? Asses up? They get their hackles up and uh, <laughs> possibly their asses. I've up. seen a few hip hop videos where that happens. Yeah, the, the twerking, sociology yeah. twerking video. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> and, they, uh, and, and they'll be like, oh, like, well, what, what's, your, what's your evidence for this? What's your documentation? And to me, it's so obvious. Like anyone who has the most basic understanding of Marx, his writings, will understand that he's an anti-Semite. And they're pretending to be at like this higher level because they're sociologists. So they understand Marx. And then it's just like, well, bloody hell. I, I mean, how many of Marx's letters and, and commentaries on Marx can I send them? But like, this they, is a complete waste of time. Yeah. Not to be, uh, uh, that is a question. I mean, I'm genuinely asking because mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- you know, forget the word anti, I mean, say anti-Semite, you know, replace it with the word racist, right? You know, it would be the equivalent of, say, you know, John McWhorter being called a racist by Ibram X. Kendi. Do you know what I mean? So right. the obvious thing would be for McWhorter to say, well, I'm not. I, I just have a problem with your writing. Now, in, with Marx, I know which specific piece that you're talking about. Um what is the well, answer I'll, I'll, to that? I'll, 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 the answer to uh, the person you are leveling the charge against uh, owns the identity of the very people who you say he denigrates. Well, I mean, I think it's really. I don't think there's any. I mean, I get the confusion, right? right. Like, if you're if you're a of a particular ethnicity and you you're hostile towards that ethnicity. For a lot of people, that's confusing. Like, how can you be hostile towards your own um, ethnicity? But when you think about how we actually use ethnicity, or in this case, membership to a religious community, quasi-ethnic community, it's really easy. If, if you, as long as you identify that ethnicity, that religious community with a particular set of ideas that you object to, or a particular set of social norms or cultural elements that you object to, then it's very easy to disconnect yourself from that and criticize it while also acknowledging that you, you are yourself a member of that particular tribe. I mean, we see, we see it all the time with the African American community where you have people oh, who, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Uh, sorry. 
my uh uh Jesus what, what just happened? My beer just burst on me. Hang on. I'll be right back. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't understand anything that just happened. I don't either. Well, especially because you were uh, I who was showing on the screen for you, me or him? Uh, well, like I, 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 I'm in gallery view, so I have both of you up here. Oh, okay, okay. Because I got like I got it in the like you're in the big picture, and then the, I can see the three of us at the top. So he was just kind of up at the top, and I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, I just hear Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, like from a physics perspective, what just happened to him. Like there's no pressure. It was an it was an open, it was an open glass. It's not like right. it was a, it was not like it was a container. I, like, I, <laughs> oh no, I think, he's stripping. I, I think I think he. Uh, I, I I think what he's really try. I I think what he really wanted to say was he spilled his beer on himself, but he's like it exploded. I didn't spill my fucking beer, Jason. <laughs> oh look at look at RF looking. It just looking, exploded looking, on me. RF's looking uh, jacked, <laughs> Ma- masculine. <laughs> what are those lats? Those brown lats. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to continue talking about Marks at this point. Now I just I'm off the rails. You need you're going to need to save us here, Jason. <laughs> well, it. it <laughs> I, I don't. Well, we'll just we'll just carry on and wait for wait for our boy to come back but the but the th- the thing that I, I do find interesting about that though um the idea of somebody who's a member of a certain group um being racist against that group and you're right like you you see it a lot especially in within the black community like anyone who has views that are maybe unorthodox or heterodox i guess um kind of gets labeled in that way but if i but if i think about like some of john mccorder's opinions i mean i don't see them myself as being overly controversial but certainly to a certain kind of person i mean somebody who's basically who makes the assertion that within the black community there isn't a premium on learning and knowledge as an example that within that community it's seen as passing for white to be smart the idea that you know um i i can see how somebody might view that opinion as being racist against your own people um i i don't but of course the question would be is he accurate like, is this just an accurate observation? You know, if we really looked into it and analyzed the data, but I mean, I don't even know how you would, you know, get this. Well, with Marx, you would just add, there's no way to really ask, ask Marx, well, what do you think of the Jews? Do you really hate Jews? No. Yeah. McWhorter is like, well, my, my criticisms are cultural, right? Whatever that means, right? He's mm. like, there are whatever... Well, whatever problems I might, whatever sort of issues I might have with the narrative around policing or Black Lives Matter, uh, they are at some level linguistic, some level philosophical, 
but they are not uh, concerned with people's ethnicity, with the, 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 the color of the skin that they were born into. Yeah, it's a specifically cultural argument where, with, where I think in the case of, of Marx, first of all, he's linking Jewishness to... Yeah, that's a very... To greed. It's very explicit in the writing, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's engaging in, in stereotyping of his own people. And it's not even... It's not, I mean, it's not even a truthful stereotype because stereotypes can be true or false, more or yeah. less. It's not a truthful stereotype. Yeah, that they were owning the banks and like it was, yeah, he's sort of precursor to the protocols. Yeah, yeah, it's it's conspiracy theorizing in early form. Yeah. Um, Although you do see it, although today, I mean... Oh no! This is where he. This is where Jason gets anti-Semitic. Today they really do control. Yeah. No, no, no. No. I mean, have you seen? I mean, have you seen no, the credits but, of uh, any sort of? To be fair, I mean. Hollywood is completely. <laughs> no, no. I was, I was. What I was going to say is, uh, there is something that makes me a little uncomfortable today. With, like, I do understand why people are skeptical. Or, or people get their backs up regarding um, left-wing criticism of of Israel. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand the, you know, the issues there, and I understand the way that it can that certainly skirts with, and at times does just tip over into anti-Semitism. But I think there's something about that that does make me a little uncomfortable. And I know that for certain people who are Jewish that are also critical of Zionism, I I do think this is probably a charge that they have to deal with themselves. The the idea that they're anti-Semitic or they you know, they hate their own people or, or, or whatever. So it's, it's tricky. It's, it's the, the, Oh, that's, that's a real tough one. Yeah. That's a real tough one. Yeah. Like the modern day. And I do feel like the majority of people like, like Jewish people obviously have no problem wading into this terrain, like sort of, what do you mean by obviously trying to call out, you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah, they're Jewish. Because <laughs> they're Jewish. Because it affects them. You oh, know. Oh, oh. oh, but but um, but I do feel like it's a little bit of a. It is a little bit of a. This thing that we don't really analyze too closely, the like, you know, because because the idea that any criticism of Israel is automatically going to make you an anti-Semite is clearly not um, logical and it's not, you know, it's not accurate. Um, I think but you can tell the difference. Are you sure, are you, are you sure about that? No? Well, I can't be sure, but I feel. <laughs> because, see, so remember when we, a while ago when RF tried to be empathetic towards SJWs? Right. And, and, and we took a, a giant tree trunk and we just forcibly inserted I don't, it. I don't remember it. Into, into, into his I asshole. Do. I remember. I do. That. I do remember. I do. So, I think so you're misremembering. So I've, I've withdrawn that tree trunk. 
and I'm hovering, I'm hovering around your puckered starfish because <laughs> here's the thing. The oh, critic, the critic, the criticism, the criticisms of Israel. He's licking his lips as he's holding the tree trunk, by the way. So he's <laughs> in on it. He wants it for himself, by the way. <laughs> Very sadomasochistic to be a twirl, a twirl the twirl yeah, mustache. He's, he's going to tie me no, to I, the train tracks. And yeah, he's no, I just, I, I, I just, do right to come I, take me away. I, I just set, I set it up because I was like, all right. Here we it. go. Yeah, here we go. So, so, so no. uh, he, he, here's the issue. People try to seek balance when discussing Israel. So they try to treat Israel like any other state. Right. With, with borders and whatnot. And they say, well, this state is hostile. It has a massive security apparatus. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are marginalized. So therefore, we can judge this with the same measuring stick that we use for any other nation. Right. And that's the problem because you can't. Israel has to, Israel just it just has to be treated as a unique right as a unique case and the failure to treat it like a unique case I think that's a big driver hmm. of this people compare it to Pakistan <laughs> it's not Pakistan no 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 but you mean the historical antecedents to creation of the state yeah yeah and that's a problem that's the problem sure yeah. no I agree that, make, with you, that yeah. makes yeah that makes sense and, and I think it's also and there's no question when we when when we talk about Israel and we talk about the the conflicts that they're involved in people are definitely holding them to a much higher standard than they're holding the you know the numerous nations surrounding them to you know or even when we discuss the Israeli Palestinian uh, situation. I mean, the Israelis are clearly being held to a higher standard than. Let's than say Saudi a, Arabia. So yeah, Saudi Arabia. There you go. Let, that let's, might let's change. Look at, let's, look, let's, look, let's look at the negative coverage of Saudi Arabia versus Israel. And well, it's and, like, mm. and, and and I know there was an article. I, I want to say it was in one of the articles Arafat sent us over the last few months. There was one that specifically dealt with anti-Semitism. Um, and, and there were, they mentioned that very recently the UN security council passed all these resolutions condemning Israel and no, not one resolution condemning China for anything they're doing. Russia, Uh, Russia, like not, not one resolution condemning any other country but there were numerous resolutions passed condemning israel so i yeah it's 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 interesting i i don't i genuinely don't know what to make of it like there's definitely a big you know a a big part of me that does think is it like is this just straight up anti-semitism is that what this is you know well so there is a thing where I think we are living in a period where there is a sort of a disconnect between the terms we use and the history that's associated with it. What to make right. of this question of history, right? That's mm-hmm. always they, what do we do with this problem? Uh, because there has been a history of it, right? Right. Now, 
And when someone levels the charge, right, racist or, you know, uh, or anti-Semitic, you are, we're in this position where we're like, you can see that this group or this particular group has some sort of reason to be concerned about it, right? We just don't know whether they're acting in good faith or not. Mm-hmm. At some level, we don't know. So the local, locally, I'll just speak about this locally. There is a, a local politician who's with the Green Party, who is, I guess, uh, in his words, in his terms, he is a uh, a vaccine hesitant or vaccine. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's the words of vaccine hesitant or vaccine skeptical or something like that, right? And to that effect, he made some sort of tweet. And in response to it, a local sort of native community or native organization, uh, I guess, they, they call Eastern Circle or something like that. They put out this statement today. On December 8th, 2020, 11.12 p.m., Brent Harris, founder of St. John Tool Library and former Green Party candidate for St. John Harbor, made a tweet on his personal account that, fo- that is as follows. And not one person engaged with the nuancing the scientist and nuancing the scientists gave. Instead, they doubled down into their tribal echo chambers and claimed victory. Yes, I stirred the pot. No, I don't regret it. Ha- had to see for myself how polarized people in our city had become. Okay, so clearly referencing whatever the vaccine, whatever the 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 Pfizer vaccine. All right, so this is the this, this is the statement in response to that. The word tribe has been used by European colonists to describe the indigenous people who inhabited the lands they colonized. In fact, the word tribal was often used synonymously with savage or primitive. It is considered by many BIPOC to be an offensive term when used out of context. As indigenous individuals, we understand this tweet to be used in context of Mr. Harrison tweeting a gotcha to his political opponents regarding a Twitter debate months ago during the 2020 New Brunswick provincial election. Eastern Circle St. John was created by a group of indigenous individuals from the St. John area with the intentions of educating local groups, businesses, and politicians on what is and what isn't acceptable work behavior to work, blah, 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 with to refer to indigenous people. We have seen much success in friendship with groups and individuals in the St. John area, and for that we are very grateful. However, in the case of Mr. Harris and the St. John Tool Library, it appears that we as BIPOC are not welcome, as Mr. Harris believes tribal is an in- acceptable insult. Right. So, okay, I mean, I don't, I'm just, I mean, I'm just going <clears> to, <throat> yeah, I'm just going to say that I think that we can safely say that person or those people are not acting in good faith. That's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, I, uh, I think. I mean, this is a classic example of the lo- of the left eating itself, right? Like this is just right. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's a that's true too. The fact that it's a it's a Green Party candidate, and whenever I hear people say things like that. I always think, yeah, that's that's really good that that's your goal. And I find acting like an absolutely insufferable, self-righteous douchebag is usually the best way to get people on your side. Jason, I'm working on that. I am working on that. And the fucking beer spilt all over me. All right. Yeah, how did that happen again? 
First of all, he did. He had. He had a bottle. I we. I. I. He did have another bottle because I saw him pouring the bottle into his I, glass. I was so. opening another bottle, yeah. and for some oh. reason, that bottle must have gotten shook it up in this fucking Grolsch thing that I got. Because what? Because what it looked like to me is that your mug magically, like liquid, magically came out of your mug. Right? Did you cause... see it go all over my face? <laughs> it went. It went everywhere. It was crazy, I, man. I've never, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I got drenched, man. Anyway, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, and, you, and you've been drinking for a long time. No, many, many years. Many, yeah. many years. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. man. Has that ever happened to you before? No, this is. A, I was just opening a, a beer from my my or a, a kombucha from my uh, in a Grolsch bottle that my neighbor brewed, and. Uh, yeah, now my entire room smells like fucking socks, dude. <laughs> so gross, dude. It's because it's all yeast, right? God damn, sucks. All right, go on, Jason. Sorry. Oh, I think I think I I think I was. Oh, uh, you guys got anything to add to that? That these, I I mean I don't know. Do I mean do you perceive it differently? That maybe it is a thing where they're being sincere and they're just overly sensitive perhaps i don't know but i have no idea what the hell is going like it it like and someone says that he is using tribal as an insult i have no problems with the word that 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 with the idea that tribal is an insult yeah when you know when people say you you know i just want to be with my tribe i was like yeah yeah, oh, I think I, I think people? I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. There's more, there's more legitimate negatives associated with tribal, tribalism and tribal behavior than there are positives. Yeah. So, I mean, at some level, they're right that they that the insult is true. But why? Well, the the, the, the the strange thing is that. So here's the thing about history, right? Like, so they're like, yes. So the history is that the that the that the word was used. Uh, to make you know to to denigrate whatever you know, make but was fun of native used, people. But, but was it used to denigrate? I mean, it was. It was whatever just... as synonymous with savage. But the thing is, you know, you look into the history of the of the Native American tribe, the Native Canadian tribe. They themselves were they themselves hated each other each other's tribes and they were forget about what, with, they were constantly fighting with each other. Forget about what they thought of black people. Holy shit. You know, you know the, 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 the that's a whole that's a whole different thing. And you know what? Even civil rights leaders like you know Frederick Douglass thought about Native people. Like it, history is, it's a mess, man. Um, so I mean, I don't, I have no idea whether or not there's something like this is. I I I look at that and I was like, this is not. This is clearly this is. Morons I mean, I, fighting I, with each I, other on Twitter I, about I, I, a misunderstanding I will, of history. I, I will say this much: they're not serious people. No, no, that's, no. That's, this is a joke. That's not. It, you're not serious in enacting any kind of change or whatever the fuck you're claiming. It, it, and I'm not saying maybe they're doing other things that are more useful and helpful, but this. Is not one of those. No, the, the, like, this, this, this is, is this is a trickster thing, you know, with, within their own community. It's it's an element of uh, joshing, 
those outside of their community. That's all. You would is. think that this is like something, something that someone on 4chan or 8chan made up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but this yeah, has become sure. the. Oh, yeah. I interviewed, I interviewed uh, 18 indigenous um, Canadians and they, they, comp- they're, 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 uh, it's indigenous people who identify as atheists. So primarily okay. from uh, Blackfoot, Cree and, 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 and Métis and uh, some Inuit. And um, yeah, they, they talk about the fact that if you, within their own communities, if you express any kind of criticism of the party line, so to speak, Interesting. you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're treated as, as, as betraying your, uh, your, your culture. So this happens everywhere. This isn't exclusive to indigenous communities, but I find it amusing that in their, in their narrative, they keep talking about indigenous individuals. And yet at the same time, the entire tone of what they're talking about is the notion that there's this homogenous community when you can't get a single, you can't get a single indigenous group to agree with any other indigenous group on on anything. So it's hilarious that this, this presentation is, 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 gets so much traction and it only gets traction among white people. That's the, uh, that's the funny thing about this because indigenous people just tune this stuff right out. generally speaking, or at least my participants do anyway. What do they, uh, so that's interesting. And they remind me of the sort of warring sex within Islam as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, sort of my, the classic sort of minorities within a minority. Yeah. Um, what is like, what is their experience of? I mean, I don't know coming out. Like, what what do they make of the entire of like of the whole history and the like? How do they balance the two? Well, the, they the, don't. I mean, uh, one one interviewee said that they're basically screwed no matter what they do, um, because they're not they're not accepted by their communities if they come out. Of course they don't come out because they don't want to deal with the hassle. And then when they are out with um, the majority of the atheist community, which is, let's be honest, is white people. um, The white people treat them as just like a general category. Like there's no specifics attached to them being indigenous and atheist. So they don't really get any support there because the reality is that indigenous atheists face incredibly unique challenges you know, because of the fact that they can't be out with their communities. The, the closest I, I, corollary I can think of is uh, black atheists in the United States who face what one scholar referred to as a double-barreled stigma. If they reveal themselves to be atheists to the African-American community, they're viewed as rejecting their identity as, as black people rejecting the history of slavery and all the civil rights movement challenges. Man, what do they make of Bayard Rustin or A. Philip Randolph? Like those guys were or, or w, march or, on Washington. Or in the sociology sphere, W.B. Du Bois, who is most likely an atheist. I mean, by our, I mean, look, if we can say that Thomas Jefferson was an atheist, then we can say that W.B. Du Bois was an atheist. Yeah, they call him a deist though, right? Thomas yeah, Jefferson. they call it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like fuck off, as atheists. Yeah, uh, and they were accused of being atheists at the time. So, but yeah, I mean, they just they they've they've linked, and I think without any kind of factual basis, they've linked the civil rights movement to uh, Christianity. But the reality is that these these Christian churches played a much more 
uh, subtle role in the civil rights movement than than, pe- than people realize. And actually, there were a lot of secular, um, non-religious African Americans who played a significant role in the civil rights movement. But all that history has been erased, and it's been replaced by this narrative of Christianized uh, African American communities and, and, and their role in the civil rights movement. But then again, these Afro same African Americans feel excluded from conversations within white communities because the reality is, if you're if you're if you if you're white and you're an atheist, you don't have the same um, unless you're like Eastern European, like Polish or something. You don't have the same cultural anchors that people within African American communities or Indigenous communities have. It's not as it, it's not it's you know white culture in the United States and Canada is like it's pop culture, and it's not treated with the same reverence or exclusivity as you get with someone who grows up in like say a low income relatively homogenous community characterized by um, gang violence lack of nutritional food lack of social support systems that forges a bond between people and and a kind of code of the streets um, that you don't get with the mainstream and it doesn't have to be white culture it could be it could be Korean immigrants to Japan trying to figure out how to navigate Japanese culture when it's the mainstream, because it's just, it's in the air that you breathe, right? It's just, it's not something that people specify. It's like Christians who have live in an uncomplicated society where Christmas is just associated with uh, Christianity. And they're surprised to find out that other people celebrate Christmas, even though they're not Christian. Like, how does that even work? And the only reason that makes sense is because they're, you know, that's the mainstream of their community. Like, I don't know, like some South American countries, for example. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's a tough one because they, they feel excluded from both communities. They feel, they feel excluded from the white atheist community who wants, you know, all of them want to focus on logical arguments against the existence of God, which has no bearing on their day-to-day experience. And then you have the indigenous community, which thinks that, hey, even if I'm not religious, you kind of should be because, you know, the creator and our spiritual connection to the environment and blah, blah, blah. Like one of my, one of my participants said this, like every, every white person I encounter just assumes by default that I have some sort of connection to nature and the environment or that I have something to say about it. And he's like, dude, I work in an office. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know how to track. I don't know anything about the life cycles of deer. (laughs) I I don't know any of this shit, but I'm assumed to. And then my own bloody community reinforces this. And every time there's a debate about climate change, you know, there's some sort of elder that says, well, you know, this fish are swimming in a different direction. This isn't normal. We, therefore, we should make policy based on this. You know, that's more or less paraphrasing what one of my interviewees said. I just so like I the idea of him working in an office and a, just a guy in khakis and a polo well, shirt well, that's walking th- in with, with like a big beaver, like a dead beaver, and be like, do you know what to do with this? Like at the water cooler, you just hand the blood. Well, I mean, like, the, um, the, this is the thing that white people forget. Like, although in, indigenous people are ridiculously marginalized in Canada, there are actually middle class indigenous people. They yeah, do exist. Yeah. They yeah, have obviously education. There, yeah. They hold jobs. They like normal things, quote unquote, normal things. But they're completely brushed aside because of their privilege. And they're not representative of the narrative 
that indigenous communities are interested in promoting, which again, to a, to a large extent is a true narrative. And they're not interested in the narrative the white people are interested in promoting, which is that indigenous people are special in some sort of quasi noble savage way. So it's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I've always found that the, the, um, associate the need to associate with uh with this specific identity is a very it's a it's a it's a romantic one and it's a very um it's an intoxicating one but at no point do i think the people who do say they identify as those people really mean that they say when they say i identify with this uh skin color or this i identify with this geographical region i don't know what the like i to be honest i don't understand what they mean what they say like what is the psychological process in their head when they say i identify as or i identify i come you know well i think a lot of it is is bound like john was saying i mean i do think a lot of it's bound up in narrative as much as it's as as it's bound up in in anything tangible, you know, and, and like, if you think about, you know, the this kind of place of primacy that Africa has for the black community in the United States, as an example, I mean, the, the, they have as much fucking connection at this point to Africa as, as I have, you, you know what I mean? But, but it's, it, it, but it's the, it's the narrative, right? It's the, it's the idea that, I mean, it's a bit of a false idea, but it's the idea that their ancestors were living this idyllic life, their best life. And that's probably the, the false part um, that, and then they were taken in chains and brought to America, which would be the the true part. Um, yeah, they were and, they were and, they were all going. They were they were having eat, pray, love back there in. in yeah, and yeah. then it suddenly just turned yeah. into Amistad. Yeah, yeah, I yeah guess and it's mean. and it's not you know, and of course it's not. It, it it's not like, and of course the idea isn't you know. Therefore, you know. Therefore, slavery wasn't that, you know, therefore it wasn't that bad because the, the life no, that's wasn't what you're actually, saying. I heard you say, I, actually you, I read between the lines. I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, but, but, um, but I, I think, but I do think a lot of this is tied to narrative. Right. And so to them, I think Africa is like the promised land, right. That the promised land that they were sort of taken away from and at some level they're at least psychologically trying to get back there because even if you like even think about in a lot of popular um you know black art i mean they africa is very important right i mean even think about all of the irish black 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 panther you know 
Yeah, think about all of the Irish guys around, around St. John. They talk about Ireland like, as, yeah. oh, if we could only the Killarney kiss the fucking Blarney Stone. It's like, if you set, set foot in Dublin, you would get your teeth kicked in, you idiot. Like, if you sort of go went around yammering about how you love being Irish, like they, they would think of you as a joke. Well, that's actually, I think that is actually a little more interesting to think about because you're right. There is a real uh, love affair that, people in St. John have with Ireland, or at least people of Irish descent have with Ireland. Uh, Cause again, like if you, if you like with, it makes a lot or with England for that matter, it, you know, what cause, I mean? cause like, it, it, it makes a little more sense when I think about the black community that they would have this view of Africa because of the history. Yeah. And, and, and because of the things they've gone through in America, but I don't under yeah the the kind of love affair that people have with Ireland or England in in, uh, in St John I I don't uh, yeah that's that's I don't know where that comes from you know like I, I feel don't like know. in St John people feel like as though they're you know at some level there's two things it's like identityless and also sort of real cemented identity you know what I mean like, right. New Brunswick strong. We're just New Brunswick and St. John. And then you talk to them, they're like, well, we're Irish, you know, as well. You know, my Irish, we were, we were really, really Irish. And we fucking ate potatoes for 300 years. And I eat potatoes now only, actually. If you do, actually, I've got a shamrock over here. And, you know, I've got a huge crucifix on my back, of course. And then you're like, you talk to people in Ireland. They're like, yeah, we fucking hate the Catholic Church, man. Like, <laughs> it's such well, a I bizarre. Mean, you know, there's a... I mean, I, 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 well, Ireland, of course, is a, I mean, as all of you know, is a really complex place. You have this really interesting mix of old and new ideas and also um, ideas from, from the, from uh, wider Europe that are kind of mixing in there. I remember reading a study that uh, the Irish people are more likely to drink beer from Belgium than, mm. uh, than drink Guinness. So that, you know, there's some, there's some complex things going on there, but I think on the part of New Brunswick, um, you know, I think, I think for the most part, it's nonsense, but there's a little bit of a sliver of something there that I can't quite put words to, which is that New Brunswick is very British Yeah, in, in many respects. And I didn't realize that actually until I came here and started living here. Like, for example, there's no pop culture here. Not at all. Oh, really? There's bars. There's clubs, but there's no pub culture. Like, what do you mean by that? No pub. So, culture. so like, let's take Big Tide for example. Um, you could you could take your kids into Big Tide. You could sit down, have have dinner. You could go there to drink primarily if you wanted to, but you could also just you know you could pull out a musical instrument if you wanted and just start playing, which has happened at at Big Tide. You could have a, you could have a normal dinner there. It's a it's a multifunctional uh, space, a little bit more family oriented, right? You get different age ranges. Um, and there were spaces at big tide where you could actually have conversation or play games or whatever without being, you know, the, the noise drowning you out. That, that, that culture does not exist here at all. It's all about noise and, and getting smashed. Um, and there's not a range of ages. It's more like a Larry's and a lot of, uh, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's all young people, you know, for the most part. To be fair though, now I think the the O'Leary's style of 
drinking in pub culture is a lot more prevalent. It's a lot. It's sort of overtaken the. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I think that's always going to dominate, just like it does in um, in in Ireland. But the fact that if there's if there it are, exists, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's 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 that it exists. It doesn't really exist here. The closest, and I haven't even been to it, but I've been told that it is true. Is this uh, Scandinavian um, kind of gastro pub um, that a lot of people go to? It's really quiet. Um, it's pretty chill. You know, there's not, uh, they don't have loud music. So that's more, that's more in line with it. But for the most part, everything is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's about getting smashed, drinking, drinking culture and music. I think that what you've observed in about Big Tide and stuff places like that is like, that's more local. That's a result of just very specific to New Brunswick. I think that I don't know whether it's, you know, it's perhaps it's it's ancestors were were you know English or Irish in the it's cultural ancestors were those for those places but there is something about it about New Brunswick sort of pop culture that's very specific to New Brunswick. I think. Oh yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not denying the uniqueness of it, but I think I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go for uniqueness in Atlanta, Canada, it wouldn't be the pub culture; it'd be something like the Kitchen Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it you comes know, from. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, and that's definitely. You don't see that many other, many other places. Um, but, you know, going into Big Tide or, or some even some other pubs, uh, it was quite common to have someone, like I, I mentioned it, and it always comes across like a cliche or a joke or people think it's a saccharine form of nostalgia. But I mean, I've, I've in New Brunswick, I've legitimately been in pubs where someone just decides, you know what, I'm missing Danny Boy. Yeah. And yeah. they just, and they just do it. And, you don't get that here at all, at all. Not one little bit. And that's different. And also the spaces look completely different because the culture is so different in terms of what people want to do in terms of drinking. You have entirely different table spaces, entirely different bar setups, lighting setups, you know, the whole thing. So even just a small thing like that, and that's just one example, really shows the, at the very least, a cultural divide between different provinces but I think it also, I mean, it obviously owes something to, yeah. I mean, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a rural pub somewhere in New, in New Brunswick or Atlanta, Canada, that at one point doubled as a, a, a as a funeral home. And, and you can, you can yeah. find, you can find shit like that all through Ireland and Scotland. And I mean, to the extent that it's unique, I think that there's some transference there. And I think that there's some transference in terms of maybe sense of humor like what, what gets people excited on a day-to-day basis. And I think that people, if they don't find that supported in their local communities or they don't see it being celebrated, they're more likely to look to the places where it is celebrated. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I have not very many places to can compare this to, but I do think that people around here really place a premium on uh, on a sense of humor in a good way in that, they, and but I think that that's I don't know it's hard to say this because I think I feel like as though the a sense of humor is a thing that's universal it's a what is it a, a language against which there are no defenses and that I'm stealing that from someone else but um yeah I think that a lot of people around here will forgive you anything like even the worst possible like being Indian uh if you have a sense of humor you know what I mean 
they'll forgive you all of your your foibles if you can if you can make them it's, laugh a little bit. It's true. I mean, if you can hang. I mean, we really don't like that, and or you know, in the maritime, someone without a sense of humor, especially someone without a sense of humor about themselves. I think someone that's perceived to take themselves too seriously is viewed negative you know i think as as a negative you Although know what's curious about that jason is that it's so strange to watch the sort of wokeness sort of take a hold of local politics and sort of right. local mind space like it's a real it seems like over here in st john it's turned into it's 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 a real um, clash between you know two sensibilities two very different kinds of sensibilities i don't know who the hell is going to win out i hope that it's you know it's uh, it's for a change it's the you know the rabble rousers that that went out over these uh you know humorless fucking dimwits but although it's not dimwits though you know it's a real strange thing to say you know i heard douglas murray he's like used a very great term he said it's panoptic in its this wokeness is panoptic in its uh, in its focus so it, it it across like people the dimwits and the smart people are both um you know both get taken by this and you know usually the sign is the 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 sign that you can gather that that it has taken hold is in usually in the writing the writing just becomes unreadable for some reason um yeah i don't know who wins out like i don't know whether st <laughs> john's you know 3 400 year history of uh, you know just people mostly getting getting along is going to win out over this sort of new new sort of humorless extremely online crowd well you know i mean it, it is people always get embarrassed when this comes up but it is it is the oldest incorporated city yeah in canada and it's been through a lot of shit uh over over, over the centuries so i i think i think it will survive this like maybe this will be the end like at the end of an unbreakable you know when fucking bruce willis walks in and Mr Glass shows him all the plans he's like oh fuck it was you the whole time you know we were friends the whole time you know i don't know maybe they maybe they're uh, they they're friends with i just watched unbreakable recently so i just wanted to i was like <laughs> oh this is like, <laughs> like so in, that's, that's that's a good one it's you know? it's a, it's a good shamalan i like it it's the best shamalan honestly it's better than <laughs> six sense I think like so. Sha- I think Shyamalan should be a holiday. <laughs> Are you celebrating Shyamalan this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is the best one. I yeah, think up so, until yeah. I think honestly so. up until that like up until the scene where he gets uh where the guy where where he goes into the house to kill the guy or whatever yeah, yeah. to save the family. That is yeah. great. It's just the final reveal is just dog shit. Like that final reveal is really horrible. But expect yeah. it to have a little bit more momentum because he builds it so well. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a quiet reveal. It's so understated. Yeah, and it almost just sort of goes off without a like you know. Well, and it's funny too because I think in that one he actually I think the drama in that movie maybe with along with signs, I think the drama in signs actually works pretty well too at times but the drama is really potent i mean you know that scene where his kid's gonna shoot him mm. i mean there's 
I mean, there's all kinds of shit going on in that scene, you know, like, cause he believes his dad's this superhero. So it's kind of playing with this idea that of the kid, the way kids kind of view their parents, but then there's also this idea of him wanting to kill his father that it, it you know, it, like, I, I don't even think it's intentional, but he just, he does kind of hit on a lot of interesting things in that movie without straining too hard to do it. Whereas I think in a lot of his movies, you can feel the strain of him like trying to make these great movies, but that one feels a little more effortless. All Unbreakable, the only thing I would say, change that fucking ending and change the part where the big reveal that he doesn't, that he wasn't actually injured in the, in the, you know, oh, in the car right. crash. Yeah, yeah, right. I remember anyway. that. Yeah. Um, how about we wrap it up? Next, whenever we do this next time, I suggest we watch a movie. Okay. Something. How about Mank? I've I've watched it. So of course you I'm, watched I'm, it. So I'm ready. I'm of ready, boys. Of course you watched it. I even rewatched Citizen Kane. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I nerded out. I nerded out about Mank. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I'm ready. If you guys right. want to talk Mank. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk thanks. Mank. I think that might be some. Uh, it's about the guy who wrote uh, Citizen Kane, eh? Harry Mank. Mankiewicz? Is that what his name is? Uh, Herman. Herman Mankiewicz. Anyway. All right. I'll add it to my list. All right, buddy. All right. All right thanks, guys. I'm going to clean my fucking room. <laughs> fucking yeast everywhere. Bye. <laughs> right, later. Bye. Bye.